Yes. <laughs> C. Yes. C. Yes. For the whole. Grim, this is yes. an easy one. Like four things happen. Yeah. In <laughs> you could sum this up in a sentence. I know the you. The camera turned left. Fail. The camera turned right. Remember when? It panned up. Remember when Graham oh. tried to sum up Star Wars three and it, it took him fifteen up? minutes. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? <laughs> it I panned up. That. that was tilted yep. right. Yep. <laughs> it was awesome. Whatever, I was thorough. You can't say that I didn't miss a detail. You're a good man. That's very, you did not miss a detail. I just wanted them to be fully informed. Too bad I cut 10 minutes out. You have a better understanding of what happened in episode three than even Hayden Christensen. (laughs) That's probably true. Yeah. Um, Okay, we're ready to go. So, fuck yes. Welcome after the hype. I'm your host, always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Hardesty Yo. and Samantha Garrison. What's up? Uh, Emily Blake is still gainfully employed, so she will be back at a later date. Good um, on you, girl. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I miss her, but she's working, so I'll take the bittersweet nature of it all. Go, Emily. Uh, this week, uh, we stretched really hard. We reached out as far as we could, and we found somebody from our other show, Venture Bros. We have Graham T. Mason on. Hello. It's me. I was I'm here. Really tempted to throw over a, there. a fruit in for your middle initial. You could have, but that's not the right show. Tangerines. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Graham Tangerines. It was. Right that it was <laughs> <laughs> you can still use it. It's a different podcast. Yeah, it's gonna be great when it's also Tangerine for that show. Yeah. <laughs> Synchronicity. I only have one episode left of doing the fruits. I'm so it's, happy oh, yeah. to be done. Yeah. Are there true. that many fruits that start with T? No, no, no. I've just given up on that almost oh. immediately. And he's definitely repeated. One, three times. A couple. Yeah, a couple. most definitely. <laughs> Turns out I, I don't mean, know a lot of fruits. I, I had no and idea. And pine fruit, wherever the hell you came <laughs> up with that one. That was Nick. That wasn't me. Oh, okay. Sure. Mm. Wouldn't that just be pineapple? No, no, no. no it's pine it's fruit. entirely They're different. white strawberries with red seeds. They look horrifying. They're anti-strawberries. Yeah. They, they look like uh, like worst timeline strawberries. <laughs> Bizarro strawberries. strawberries Bizarro are already strawberries. Like, so upsetting to look at because they're yeah. inside out fruit. Yeah, it's really weird. And then, then you look at pine fruit and it's like, what the fuck Then it's that? like screaming in pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we have like, Yeah, it just looks painful. Yeah. Yeah. Now now I want like, an animated movie of this. We have too many minutes recorded talking about pine fruit across the ATH network. We need to stop now. Well, that's going to be great for a pine fruit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> should I include this on Samwise this week? You probably should at Obviously. some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Samwise, why is pine fruit? Yeah. <laughs> why is pine fruit? <laughs> uh, that's, that is the ultimate question. That's your series finale right there. We don't even know what it tastes like. None of us have ever had one, I don't think. Either. I don't want to know. I, I kind of hope it tastes piney. Do you think pine fruit is what happens when a strawberry gets a hold of the one ring? Yes, there you go. Okay. That's it. Mm. <laughs> or, it or that's the Gollum version. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Who knows? Anyhow, let's start with a where have you been doing. Uh, I have to talk very... It's more of a mission than the actual game. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, and I recently came across the missions called The Veteran. And that's what I'm going to be talking about for my where have been doing. Uh, and I'm going to do it as briefly as I can because I don't want to waste people's time. But essentially, at one point in the game, you can meet a guy who is a veteran of the Civil War who's lost his leg, and you befriend him. And the game does such an amazing job creating a friendship with just some random guy. I've never seen it accomplished this well. And it is so, like, it's interesting of, like, you meet a guy, it's like, 
hey, let's go fishing sometime. And then you just get a little blip on the radar. It's like, oh, I guess he wants to go fishing sometime. And that's all you do. You meet up with him and you go fishing. And then he's like, this was a lot of fun. Let's go hunting sometime. You meet up, you go hunting. Like, this was a lot of fun. Let's go hunting again. You meet up, you go hunting. And he fucking dies. And it's like, what the fuck was that? I was all attached to this guy. And he gets gored by a boar? Like, You should have shot the boar. I, I, why didn't you, why didn't you save your friend and I'm get doing you guys that some pork in my head the whole time as I hear the gunshots and he's like oh no I hope he's okay I'm like that means he's not okay this fucking game is just ruining my head and you run over there and he's been gored by a boar and he's bleeding to death and his last words are take my horse he's a good horse even if he's a bit stubborn and then he dies oh damn and it's like fuck me see like, this is how I felt playing Oregon Trail yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was when, just like, rough, guys. When Buttface three dies, it crossing the river. Yeah, you got dysentery. Always again. board the river. God, you're it was gonna just be so fine. rough. <laughs> but yeah, so I I love Red Dead Redemption two. It is uh it is a game uh that if you only play the story, it is a really good game. And if you make your own story, it's one of the best games of this generation. Uh, but it does require you to kind of have your own imagination and make yourself the game. Um which is something that cannot be done by many games. And when it is done well, it's amazing. And this one does it very well. So Red Dead Redemption 2, The Veteran, is what I was talking about. That's it for me. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm going to get a little repetitive and mention that I've still been playing Stardew Valley. Oh. But I've wanted to uh, point out a very funny story that happened to me this morning. Uh, so I got, you know, you can romance people out in the, out in the anywhere in the game. if um, You buy them gifts and things like that. So I've got this, uh, this sweetheart of mine, ten, uh, 10 Hearts or whatever. And so then you get a cutscene of just like kind of professing your love. And the way the way uh, this person, this character does it, Maru, she uh, takes me to her basement, shows me this robot she built to help her parents uh, cope with her leaving eventually to live with me. And the robot turns to her and is like, I have just learned about self-awareness thanks to your self-awareness chip, and I cannot be your servant. I'm going to leave now. And then just takes a rocket and just flies up into space. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the cutscene. That's amazing. <laughs> That was so great. <laughs> well, self-awareness, it's a very important thing. Yeah, and then I hired her mom to uh, expand my barn and bought a goat. So, <laughs> like, this game is wild. I love it. It's the weirdest game. <laughs> I mean, it's the only game that's ever sound appealing to me in any way. What do you mean? Your best friend dying after being gored by a board doesn't sound like a fun game? <laughs> that's how I define entertainment. <laughs> that's, like, going to be how I lose my husband. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. <laughs> I'm just imagining he's just going to eat something he shouldn't have eaten and then die. Like a pine of fruit. Yeah, of dysentery. That's how I imagine but, Will leaving the, this plane. But then the boar shows up anyways. And like, yeah. oh, got to kick you while you're down. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we lose Will Plummer. <laughs> Food poisoning and then gore, boar goring. <laughs> He'd be so happy for such an exciting story. <laughs> Fuck yes, this is epic. <laughs> Slow <laughs> uh, Sam, what about you? Where have you been doing? Um, yesterday. Well, it won't be yesterday by the time you're hearing this. So last week at work, the animation show of shows came to my office and they screened all five of the Oscar animated shorts. So I saw Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. And this is the first year I can remember in a long time where all the animated shorts deserve to be there because there's always like one or two where it's like really this was the best you could do it's one of those like i get it disney made it but it doesn't mean it's the best short yeah, yeah. right but in this on some of them it's just like okay the animation style is neat but there's literally nothing else yeah. there in this case all of them were 
really awesome. Just like, it was such a joy. Most of them made me cry. One of them made me laugh really hard. Animal, animal behavior was hilarious. It was like a Sunday comic strip come to life. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, Late Afternoon is about a woman dealing with memory loss from her perspective. And it just, it broke me. <laughs> oh. How long are the shorts? Um, they're all under 15 minutes. Most of them are probably like in the five to seven minute range. Okay. Yeah. And they're all available. Well, trailers of them are currently available on the Academy website. So you can kind of get a feel for their style and stuff. But it was such a treat to have all of them just come and play. I used to, before having uh, Corin, I'd always try to make it to, like AMC would always do like the, the mix of the live action and the uh, animated shorts. So I'd always try to go to that. It was always fun. And then this year I just, time is a foreign concept to me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, it, I'm Time really, is but a construct. Yeah. yeah. It was just really lucky this year. Like they bring the filmmakers around to kind of tour all the animation studios yeah. and screen their shorts every oh, year. Cool. So got to meet some of the filmmakers which is always so cool because that's really cool yeah yeah they're like so it's the rare time where you get to meet an oscar nominee who is truly talented and truly approachable you know yeah. like it's and just beside themselves with joy to be nominated it was so cool because i had lottie my dog with me at the office and they were like petting her while i'm sitting there like sobbing over one of their shorts and they're just like playing with my dog <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i need her right now you guys are so good <laughs> So I'm yeah I'm really excited because it's there's no clear winner and I mean it'll probably be Pixar but honestly like I think with some of the subject matter late afternoon and one small step could easily kind of surprise people. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Graham, what about you? Uh, actually, this week I've been watching this season of True Detective, season three. It's actually pretty dang good that mahershala, mahershala ali in it of course it's good yeah and so it's it's following his character across three timelines and three different areas of his life um and like moonlight to... yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> wait did he die in the first third <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's actually yeah it's actually really good i mean he's incredibly talented so it's it's really fun just watching him go along the, for the, the ride. The more I see of him, the more I have the argument of he is the best actor working today. He he's is so good. <laughs> he's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to see him and Jake Gyllenhaal in something together. Yeah, I think they play off well. Yeah, yeah. really well together. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And they're both just so like chameleon e. Yeah, they mm. can be whatever the role needs them to be, which I don't think I ever would have thought about Jake Gyllenhaal until I saw Okja, and it's like, holy shit, <laughs> that is not what I expected from Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, that, I mean, I always liked him, but then I loved him. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> I loved him good. Uh, speaking of love, shall we start talking about Roma? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying yeah. as in love the film itself. We'll get oh, into oh, our okay. opinions good. on it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the film is very much about love. Uh huh. I yep. think the theme of the movie is that men are shit. The dog turds tell us that. <laughs> I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Uh, I know I'm not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty heavy. I don't know. <laughs> Professor Zovac's pretty cool. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. No, Just for Zovic. his feats of strength. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> yep. And his ability to balance with his eyes closed. That demonstration was pretty awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. I was definitely trying it as I was watching the movie. <laughs> I wasn't. I was so bored that yes. When I, have, I also I gotta get up and move. I yeah. just got I gotta do something. When you have children's toys all over the floor, you cannot afford to make a mistake with that. So I didn't yeah. even try. 
I had uh, choose your one spot very carefully. I had uh, thrown my neck out earlier that day because I'm in my 30s and I sneezed. Yes, um, and that's <laughs> oh. all it took. And I still have ferocious pain in my neck today, but it's not as bad as it was that night. So I, I just was watching... made a decision to never sneeze ever again. That's what I've been trying to do. And if well, you hold in a sneeze, you'll throw out your lower back. I've done that as well. That I don't explains know. a lot. Ask Professor Zovek. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it, it's not like it comes out as a fart, you know? <laughs> Just swallow the sneeze. It'll be a trumpet of a fart. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I expected the Roma conversation I to go. I wish that's yeah, how bodies much. worked. Like that you would could be just choose awesome. your hole to expel your... <laughs> I would do left nostril for everything. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's really nasty because you have facial hair. I know. Yes. <laughs> Extra wipes. <laughs> Soup strainer, my ass. <laughs> that joke works on so many levels. <laughs> Again, this is exactly where I thought the conversation about Roma would go. You yep. know, if there's poop in a movie, I'm gonna bring it up. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, it's 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 in there. It's right up in there. Oh yeah. Um, before we go too far with this, though, <laughs> we have our seasoned, accomplished amazing breakdown specialist here, Mr. Graham T. Mason. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you have failed more times than you've succeeded. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I can't express this enough. I do not enjoy this at at, at all. I enjoy this as much as the audience probably likes listening to it. But the more you dislike it, the more I like it. So it really does you no favors. Uh, So... Graham, are you feeling good about this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sentence in my head of how I want to break it down. Because, you know, that's, you know. Th- Will it take th- you more than 30 seconds to say that probably. sentence? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably take me 25 <laughs> seconds to remember what it is. All right, so here we maybe go. Uh, yeah. Roma in 30 seconds. Yes. Here we go, 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 go! Uh, there we go. The timer's on. Uh, yes, the movie is uh, Roma. Um, it's, uh, it's a year in, in the life of uh, a maid. In Mexico, uh, in the seventies, and uh, yeah, from from her point of view, and some things happen. <laughs> that's 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 that. I'll I'll, give I'll you, allow it. I'll, I'll give you this one. <laughs> Praise me. Try to you're, you're technically not around wrong. the details because that's kind of usually where I get caught up. All right, so uh, I will say it's the worst <laughs> success we've ever had. All right. <laughs> so you you succeeded. I'll take it. Horribly. I'll take it. Off, <laughs> off the record, I watched this week, a rough cut of it. Yep. And there's a new <laughs> that is <laughs> His name is That's... And I can't wait for you guys to see it. <laughs> and now we can be back on the record. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just needed to get that out. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Part of me wants to leave it in and just bleep the whole thing. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. (laughs) Okay, so to start with Roma. uh, It's in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. That's uh, that's pretty clear. The worst Mm -hmm. black and white. Thank you. All the landscapes look like such shit. Yep. So that's that's actually so the the overall opinion we can save for later. I really want to talk about the cinematography in this movie because it is such a sticking point. For yep. so many people. Alfonso Curion has been quoted as like 
there's no cinema without cinematography. And he got really angry when they decided not to show the cinematography awards and the Academy Awards. I totally agree with him. It's weird that he got that angry the year that he's nominated, but we can let that slide for now. I understand. Sure. <laughs> uh, right. I do genuinely believe he would have gotten that angry any other time. I think so, too. Because it's I, always a big component of his movies. Absolutely. Oh, so that's why, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. So I absolutely. agree with you, but it's just kind of one of those, like, unfortunate, like, well, you're kind of a front runner right now. So yeah, I, I don't want to paint him as a chode when he's not being a chode. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. I, I don't either. It's just one of those very unfortunate timing Let's situations. Let's put those brushes yes. away, please. Yes. <laughs> chode those brush. chode brushes. Smell put so away your chode brush. Uh, why do they smell Hi, so I'm a chode brush. <laughs> this is exactly where Roma is supposed to be. Uh, but I want to talk about the cinematography because it, everyone seems to say that this is the most beautiful black and white film Mm-mm. ever, and it's not even the best black and white black and white film of the year. Like it's not because like, I, I haven't seen Cold War. To be fair, I haven't seen it because I, I like I said earlier, I don't have a lot of time, but I have tried to get a, a good feeling of everything that's nominated. So I've watched as many clips and stuff that I can. Right. Cold War is shockingly beautiful. Right, and and just, it won the cinematography award from. that guild it should have because it's so well done and this one it's kind of like what sam was saying like it's just not good black and white like it's just everything just felt flat the landscapes which are supposed to be these long throw shots of just beauty feel flat and two-dimensional like i don't it just didn't work for me and it didn't feel purposeful like it was reflecting her worldview or something it was just not good because and it's in the 70s it's not like this was way back when before it's like this isn't you're trying to be a period piece in that way it's you it was definitely a decision that you made yeah but why and i i listened to his explanation of it because i I felt that i had to because as i'm watching the movie i'm like this doesn't work and i want to know what he was trying to do and the way that he described it was he felt that the black and white would immediately trigger not necessarily nostalgia, but the memory feeling. Like the feeling that you're looking at a memory. And that's what he was going for. And I'm like, I don't think that worked. I think you'd be better off shooting on film, like on 35 millimeter, uh, and, sure. and just giving it that really good grainy, old timey look. Because if you're sure. trying to... If you're trying to emulate, or even a just memory. go 16 yeah. or 16, but yeah, film, exactly. like film is the important thing. Because I felt thing. robbed by not having color. Yeah, yeah, especially in the protest scenes and stuff, where that would have added to a sense of chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like the the problem for me is that if you're trying to emulate a memory, you don't go with the most modern technology possible. Like this no, is the same no. camera they shot Bohemian Rhapsody on. Like this is a beautiful camera, and it's it a does huge camera too, yeah. <laughs> and it does a beautiful digital image. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to get us to feel memory and nostalgia, then why are we using a 2018 camera? Right yeah. to, to to show to people who have all been who have all grown up on, you know, grain and mess and wrecked footage, wrecked film. Like yeah. Yeah, reps and like old movies, VHS, like all we all we grew up with was distortion and like yeah. And 1970s is the era of Technicolor. Yeah, Yeah. like that's a color process, and that's what like we we've seen you know movies that were shot in the 70s or you know replicating the 70s. 70s Mm -hmm. it definitely has its own color, its own tone, its own look. Why aren't you using that? That's what we know. If you want to replicate a memory, if you want to put people in the 70s, then. Put do the, that. Yeah, put them in the 70s. Do what uh, Tarantino did with Hateful Eight. Go get 70s lenses. Like, yeah, like yeah. there might be things you dislike about Hateful Eight. There's plenty to dislike about it, but you can't it's argue beautiful. with the way it was shot. Cinematography for that movie is insane. Yeah, the amount like, of thought they put into the image is beyond what anybody should have. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what I mean, though. Like That's what this movie should be, because they right. did that to make that movie feel like it came right. from that time period, and they nailed it. Yep. And then you watch this one, and it's like, 
I feel like I'm watching somebody show me a memory. And it's like, I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't think you could have missed by a wider margin. Like, it just yeah. did not work for me. And Especially because the story itself is so messy. I wanted that there was no f- sort of visceral feeling to the image, you know, yeah. that, that grain gives you. But these women are living really messy, mm-hmm. hard lives. And I would have appreciated some more messy, hard edges. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it would have made sterile. it sterile. Yeah. And it would have made the, the contrast of like looking at the wide landscapes and stuff like that. And like the fire scene and stuff like that. It would have made that just so much more vivid and bright and colorful. Instead, we get yeah. a movie that's tiring to watch because oh of the God. muted colors, the just the weak, like... I knew I was in for a, a, a like a bad time, so to speak, <laughs> when the first like the the credits pouring over like the the tiled floor as the water was going by. It was just so visually not grabbing me. I, I like uh, Jandy uh, heard me sign. She's like, "Oh, great, <laughs> good night." <laughs> yep. It What's took me it took me three attempts to make it through the opening credits. I was like, "I am not ready. I am just not ready." For this, no, and there's something like it reminded me, and the, the opening credits could not be more different than this movie. But it remind it set the tone the same way of uh, Nocturnal Animals. Did you see Nocturnal Animals? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it had like Nocturnal Animals. The opening is a bunch of very, very not a very but overweight women naked dancing, and it just kind of has this like we are setting the tone for something that you are not prepared for, mm-hmm. and they did it in a way that kind of it was very grabbing. Like it was you can't look away, and it's like what is this? And it just sets the tone for the movie. Grabbing, this, but also vaguely irritating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this one. It felt like it was attempting to do the same thing with the opening credits is just tiles being washed. And it's like... Well, and the airplanes, the recurring motif of the airplane that never quite added up because of when he chose to use it. And I just, I don't... I mean, I guess you could say that the washing of the tile floor at the beginning with the way the water sounded, it was like the beach scene at the end, kind Mm. of calling it together. But there's not not enough connective tissue. Like, it doesn't become that motif to be able to connect it. Yeah, you don't. You wouldn't connect it. The only successful visual motif, and I know I was joking about this earlier, but the only successful visual motif that was cohesive was the dog shit. <laughs> yeah, because there was literally like yeah. every time the patio, or the driveway was clean versus when it was covered in shit, really said something about the condition of the women's lives and whether or not the men in their lives were paying attention to them. Yeah, and it was like honestly a really cool. That's the thing. This movie could have been so fun. Mm-hmm. and yeah. cool and i think that shit motif as weird as that is speaks to that this could have been a really quirky humanizing story about this woman because it wasn't tragedy porn but mm-hmm. every shot was so laborious mm-hmm. that it actually belabored a story that should have been kinder to its subjects and it kind of became yeah. a tragedy porn because of all that yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> here's like... here's my thing of, of overall is the reason that that worked as a motif and the production design in general was, I think, because it was not Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. That was yeah. the one thing that he didn't do. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, if you look at the, the credits on this, man. he directed it, he produced it, he wrote it, he shot, shot it, it, and he edited it. Yep. Like, But he didn't production design it. No. <laughs> and there was, there was no sense of pacing. It really And it really just took away, because honestly, there were moments that I laughed out loud and really felt connected to these characters. And yep. like... The the main actress deserves all the accolades mm-hmm, she's getting mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. how connected. Like I loved her. Yeah, well, she what was a incredible. Yeah, and that's she felt like a real person. And I feel like yeah. that's also the, because she's not Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> well, no, like even the way she like ran with her friend and stuff. It was just a really honest. It was a sweet performance. I felt like oh I I know this girl and I yeah. like her and I'm rooting for her and that way when she makes her confession at the end that she doesn't want the baby that she didn't want the baby to be born it was just like i don't fault you for that cuz i didn't want that for you yeah um 
But yeah, the cinematography and the editing, like Alfonso Cuaron really got in his own way on this one. I yeah. don't think he realized what a good thing he had. And which, which is, that, that's one of the things I put in our note sheet for today was, do we think that the director doing all the jobs hurt the film? And yes. I, I think, yes. yes. Yeah, I, think, I think so. From what we're saying. He's not Steven Soderbergh. And like, even as, you know, the, Soderbergh has his problems, but he pulls it off better than this. Yes, and yeah. as a you know, he's not fellow Paul filmmaker, Thomas Anderson either. Yeah, who like, also frequently does this, but hires a fucking editor. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah they're, 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 I mean, hire people like us. Jeez. Yeah, like there, there's a moment where you have to go. Uh, I I can't do everything because if you try to do everything, like, you like like what Sam said, you get in your own way. Like you you don't know when to quote unquote kill your babies. Not that's a great phrase for this movie but it's one of those things where like you need to know when to stop and i don't yeah. think he ever did that's and the even thing. he even didn't he... take his own lesson he didn't yeah. kill the baby but i don't yeah. even think having another editor come in at the point where he was also doing the camera work would have helped because his camera work was so tied to how he wanted to pace that thing yes you could not have edited anything around that because there were so yes. many uh, uh the ways that the camera moved and then it just kept moving with each cut and it was like that was you, know, you designed it that way but it took and forever th- to get to the next cut and yeah. So weird. And I think that was very intentional to where it's like he was designing this movie and he may have c- totally created it for all of this. Like as he was writing it, he probably visualized, oh, like, oh yeah. we'll cut here, we'll cut here, this will be the shot, we'll hold this and we'll pace it this way and blah, blah, blah. But I think he just made a decision, stuck with it, and was like, didn't know if it was a bad idea or not. <laughs> just continued to run with it. Well, yeah, and he then if very you look much at... thought it was a good idea. I think he ran on this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like <laughs> If you look at anyone who isn't this podcast right now, they would tell you it was a good idea. That You did a great job. Not only did you do a great job, I've seen people throw around, this is the best movie ever made. Yeah. Like, no. the, the The praise for this movie is insane. And like uh, even from last week, we had Kyle Smith on, who loved the movie and said that about two-thirds of the way in, he realized he's watching a masterpiece. And I don't fault him for that opinion. Like I, I see why people enjoy this movie because it does... It has that art house feel of like, I'm just right. going to tell a story and you're along for the ride, whether you like it or not. And you yep. just have to let the movie wash over you. And that's kind of like the like the opening credits, what it's kind of telling you to do. You need to just sit with this and let it wash over you just like the water's washing over. Like, I yeah, get yeah, what yeah, he's yeah, saying. Yeah. It feels but, very intentional and very auteur Exactly. And all that's it's the great, problem sure, is the story he's telling is not... too good for that shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 The, story the story is, is incredible. so good. Yeah. And yeah. he's just... He's just so in his own way and up his own butt that we lose yeah. sight of this beautiful woman, Cleo, and how great, like, this is a great story. It's a slice of life that I'd never thought of before. And and, I, and it the, made I, me fall in love with her. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, like, I, I've, I've done a lot of research into this, and with the, the Mexican audience that uh, have seen the movie, a lot of people say that, like, yeah, it's a good story, but it's a very common story for, for our culture. Like, this happens yeah. to many, many women here. And I think that is makes the, the story even, like, that much better. Because this is a story that, like, say, for the American audience, we don't know this story. Like, this isn't something that happens as often here. I'm sure it still happens, but it's not as common. So getting this point of view, especially from her point of view, like, it's a beautiful story that should, mm-hmm. it should have a movie to match it. And mm-hmm. it just... It has a movie that's telling us that it's matching it, and it will mm-hmm. tell us at every turn <laughs> that it's matching it. But it's like uh, I made the comment when before we started recording that like the subtlety in this movie is as subtle as Gonzo with a rock and a hammer screaming mm-hmm. art, and it's just like I get it. But like while she's getting dumped by her boyfriend or left in the theater by her boyfriend, there's a movie playing again with a plane theme, and the whole time that she's waiting for the boyfriend to come back, the plane is going down. Just it's like I get it, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So it's a just, frame within a frame. Yep, I get it. Oh, yep, the relationship's going down. I get. Are we still watching the plane go? Oh, now we're going to watch outside the theater for another two minutes. Mm. It's like, 
we got it. And you didn't need to be that over the top with it. Like as soon as he said, I'm going to the bathroom, everyone, everyone watching this movie goes, fuck, he's leaving her. Yeah. 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 Like, you know well, it. Well, I don't know. He he offered to buy her an ice cream, so maybe. maybe. Yeah, and he left his coat, so maybe. But no, everyone watching goes, shit. Yeah. And then you have to sit there and be hammered with it. And it's like, we we get it, man. Like, like you're, you're a good enough storyteller. You don't need to double back and make sure that we got it. And I felt like that was the majority of the movie was Alfonso doubling back and going, did you get it? Did you get it? Because this is what's happening. Yeah, that's yeah. why, like, after the movie, I, took a few, I had to take a few minutes after the movie just to kind of... Take a work, nap. Work, take a nap, but work through my work through it again. The movie, because for what you said, Sam, it was so interesting. The story, the the pieces of it, it's like, oh, that was an interesting part. That was an interesting part. But why did I hate the movie? <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, why, why how, I, I couldn't. I was also emotionally raw because this movie was like wore me down and then gut punching yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just like I was so worn down by it. like the story was so interesting yeah. and something I wish I could have like delved into, but I was so busy being like beaten down with just. Did you get it? Did you get it? That- the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, how would I have shot this? <laughs> yeah. Not like this. That's <laughs> obvious. At one point I wrote down, this is a really quirky coming of age story. Why is it shot like tragedy porn? Yeah. Because it, it is. It felt like at a certain point, I felt like I was watching Garden State, you know, not, <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. Like if it is a common story in Mexico, it's being shot like it's so important. And it's not to say that this woman's life is not important, but that's the whole point. It's important to her. She's coming yeah. of age. Like yeah. the dead dogs on the wall. The You know, it's all this this quirk. And it's so, it should have been cuter than it was. Even with the dead baby, it should have been cuter than it was. I mean, there's a man doing jujitsu naked with his dong flopping around. <laughs> like, it's weirdly, there's parts where it's so fucking charming. I, I yeah. think I think the the naked karate is where I went. I think I'm in trouble. That's <laughs> this, this is not connecting for me. For yeah. Any- where it's like, it doesn't ever feel like hers it's like this is obviously her story but we're watching it like you were saying like it's so sterile like i'm not in i'm not i mean i I should be i feel like i should be very emotionally invested in this story in her story yeah but i'm watching it like through a window she's a manic pixie dream girl in her own life yeah But it's, it's like you're not wrong, and it's, not, like, but it's one of those things where like they they were they were he was I can't say they this is a one man show yes um but like, he's going for that fly in the wall of like I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay back here and you can watch the story happen over there right and it's like his it's bad luck he cast someone too charming yeah and like <laughs> but but like it's something where uh, there's very few close ups in the movie you don't get mm-hmm. a lot of like tight on faces with like very emotional scenes like. Like when the baby is dying, like we we danced through that scene in Graham's amazing breakdown. Um, But like uh, she gets pregnant in the beginning of the film and then she uh, delivers stillborn and the baby is dying and the doctors are not not the most warm people, but they're not cold either. Like they're just about as middle of the road of like you're having a baby. We uh, it's a problem. We're going to take care of it. And she's like, I need help. And he's like, "Eh, it'll be fine. And then it's born stillborn. And we see the entire thing from one camera angle where she's giving birth and it's about, I want to say like 10 feet back from her. And then they take the baby away and now he's 20 feet away from her. And that's where they're trying to resuscitate him. And it's all very emotional, but it's so, as we've been saying, sterile that we don't, 
you don't really get into it. Like this is like an emotional, just sledgehammer of a scene. It's so and, complicated. And too, yeah, I, I, had I to, wanted to see that mix of relief and guilt and worry. Yeah, and because of where he was determined to leave the camera, you almost never see her face because yeah. if she's it's in, all in profile. Yeah, she's in profile unless trying. she's looking at her baby who's behind her. Yeah. So all of her emotional weight of I'm watching my baby not being able to be brought back to life that I just carried and just delivered in a war zone, just horrible crushing moment. All of her emotion is away from the camera. And that's yeah. kind of ostensibly off screen where yeah. I started to really resent this movie. Cause <laughs> th- that scene killed me. I almost had to stop the movie for a while cause it was just too much and it was just so sudden. Yeah. And like, I, you know, no movie has really ever hit me that hard to where I'm just in tears already. Like so instantly, but then at the same time, I can't see her face. I'm, this fly on the wall and like it's this weird sort of like you're you're manipulating me into this this state of like just absolute wreckage and like I'm not a part of this. I'm watching this through the stained glass like the the window like she's watching the other babies get crushed under the earthquake mm. before. Like I'm so distant from this. And and it hurt to watch. Talk about obvious foreshadowing. I yeah. hated that so much. The first time she sees the baby, the whole world shakes. And then one baby doesn't especially make it. Like, yeah. Oh my fucking especially god. Especially because their VFX babies were like American sniper level shit. Okay, that was like, just a plastic doll. Of course you can't <laughs> resuscitate this baby. No, but I'm moving its hand. Look, its hand is moving now. Hello, Bradley hello. Cooper just had his hand in like a baby puppet. Yeah. <laughs> it felt it like looks such real a, to me. That scene where she lost her baby felt like such a bait and switch scene too because the scene in the furniture store and the grandma's mm. performance was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, well, when like she that, stands in front of her, it was just like... And it's not even entirely in front so of her, sweet. but just enough to like, I need to protect her. Yeah. yeah. I don't. It was that like perfect balance of, I need to protect this woman and I don't want to die. And we didn't yeah. see grandma cry until after... Cleo was off screen. Yeah. It was like such a sweet, like this woman is such a badass matriarch. She's been taking care of her own daughter. Now she's taking care of this woman. She ta- yep. It's, I wanted to see, I was like, I want that grandma's was getting to story. Me too. That, but that, I that love got grandma. To me too. But like, that's a, like the, we've been giving a lot of uh, praise to uh, Yalitza. What's her last name? Yalitza Aparicio. Uh, we've been giving a lot of praise to her and the rest of the cast is still phenomenal. Like the, yeah. the acting in this movie and especially for me, it was Sophia, the mother of the family. Like, Oh yeah. She, and I, it's again where I get mad at Alfonso because yeah. I feel like you cast a woman in a part that's not an easy part to play. No. Like very tough. I, I know my husband's cheating on me. I have to lie to my kids and I am breaking down at all times. And she just has these moments of just lashing out of just pure rage. And you can tell she doesn't want to. And it's just so well done. And we get so little from her. Yeah. And everything is always, again, so far away. If there, were, if there were more connection and close up, yeah. like that scene at the table at the restaurant where the one kid is crying, who, whose back is to you, the audience, <laughs> that like you would you would have gotten more out of it. But like it was so, especially because so those weird. kid actors were good. They were, they were great. incredible. Paco <laughs> and Pepe, especially, were just killing it. When Pepe talked about his past lives, it didn't feel like a precocious kid. No. Yeah. And again, yeah. more stuff that would have been really cool in a quirky coming of age movie. And was just really heavy-handed and shitty here. Yeah. yeah. And like, it just feels lazy. Like, he just made a couple of the... You're like, no, we're going to have, like, uh, 60 camera setups. And that's pretty much it. I'm going to put the camera here, and we'll just see what happens. Just and, do like, master shots for the whole thing. It's like... Okay. But they're but beautiful you miss, master shots, Graham. But you're, you're missing the stuff, though. Like, yeah, like, you can't... Well, hold on. They're a little too good. We better put a, a color correction pass on it just to make it black and white. Default like, settings. 
But the worst <sighs> black and white. It's like the inkwell filter on Instagram. And like the, the, the most yeah. annoying thing about that is like I was reading about him on the set and like he wouldn't allow the crew to wear any colors that weren't black and white. Like he wanted everybody in the black and white mindset. And he's going through well, like and he's changing colors on this on the screen because they shot it in color because they shot it on the Ari. Um, which one is the Ari Alexa? Sixty five. Sixty five. Uh, and which is the the big um, the biggest one at the time that they were shooting. Yeah, yes, there's now the LF, but it's, it's a beautiful camera. It works. Great. Yes. Um, and yeah, th- incredible. And they shot it in Huge. color, and they, they would change the colors of things because he's like, this will work better in black and white. I'm like, I think you made the wrong choice every time. Yeah. When when you're shooting in color and you know that you're going to go in black and white, you need to increase the colors that you're shooting. Yeah. Because that when you're going into post, then it will really mess with, you know, or not mess with, but really increase and intensify your, your tones. And like the, I'll always go back to, and I know not everybody loved this movie as much as I did, but I always go back to Nebraska, which was shot on film and in color and then processed in black and white. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Payne nailed it. He knew exactly what colors to use every single time to make that black and white perfect well, he also crisp. hired a cinematographer that also <laughs> that's also yeah. a very good point um but whether or not you like the movie it's beautifully shot right and like this one it's just it's a constant blinking sign of like this is beautifully shot it's like i don't believe that sign no it's like an exit sign here over a door that isn't like doesn't open to anything it's like it, i would have honestly i think i would have liked this movie a little bit better if they just released it in color mm-hmm. yeah and i'm and I'm never one to argue about watching a black and white movie because I don't care. Like whatever story you think is, yeah. whatever the way that you think is the best way to tell your story, I'm on board for. If it needs it, if it needs if it, it requires it, yeah. But that's the problem. I think. Why? And sometimes even, and even camera it, movement in this is obviously extremely intentional. Yeah. But camera movement, camera placement, but now having, and having, shooting in black and white, I just don't. I just feel like are all just wrong decisions. If you've never heard like. Koran talk about this movie and and know that he wanted to do the dream like nostalgia thing going on was that even being communicated I don't think so Mm-mm. like the whole like no. it feels like it was a, a a lazy attempt at film noir to me and and I watched a bunch of film noir and I love how sharp film noir and, is and incredible angry, angry yeah. black and white color like yeah. color like contrast is my jam I love it and like that's uh, I I watched this movie with Chewy and Chewy the whole time like she's getting mad at the screen I'm like why is this so ugly mm-hmm. like why is everything in focus mm-hmm. and it's like that's that, yeah. that is a choice I understand that choice and it does work for certain things but when you're having everything take place at least ten to twenty feet in front of the camera it's all got to be in focus yeah yeah it just I mean just, that's like just how hyperfocal works yeah and yeah. and then yeah exactly the whole thing ends up feeling like a mess and it gives a kind of a two D flat image which is clearly not what everyone else is seeing when I'm reading reviews, but I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills over here. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it, it kind of, it honestly made me wonder if I had turned the, that steady motion or <laughs> smooth motion, yeah. smooth motion, smooth motion yeah. back on on my TV. And yeah. I was like, William, we agreed. We're not a <laughs> Send in the boards. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, Coron was trying to make like a metatextual point that he is the dad stepping in shit. <laughs> I don't know. Because they, they have said that this movie is semi-autobiographical for him. So yes. he's the dad stepping in shit. <laughs> he's one of the children. I believe he's one of the children. Yeah. Um, 
probably the shitty friend that like was <laughs> making fun of poor Tonyo for that seeing was... his dad cheating. Mm. Uh, that I... little like nerd oh. friend. I, I bet that's Coron. He's like, my dad was cool. <laughs> Look at Tonyo's sad life. <laughs> what was that earlier about? This is probably what his like a... sad life looked like. A real shitty movie. I, I hope he watches this shot terribly. Tonyo's sad life. I hope he watches this and cries. <laughs> <laughs> What was that earlier about not painting Corona like a chode? <laughs> That's in out the that window. instant, <laughs> we can bring the chode brush back out now. Yeah. God love the chode brush. Uh, I want that shirt. Uh, hold on one second. Uh, nope, you're wrong. So, I cards on the table. I know this episode is coming out after the Academy Awards have already aired. We are recording it the day before they air. So we don't know yet if this is one best picture. It is the front runner uh, in most uh, trades and whatnot. They say Roma's likely to win because Netflix has spent like a billion dollars on advertising. Because apparently all it takes to win an Academy Award is advertising. Well, yeah. Um, which if yeah. you didn't know that, sorry to burst the bubble. Yeah. Uh, but Netflix is desperate for a win here because they want to prove that they are the movie making company that they think that they and are. They want to prove they're not going to be in trouble when Disney Plus comes out. Yeah, and like all the politics of it True. behind it like yeah, the, yeah. The, sure, like whatever you want to call it. Do we think that this was, I mean, out of the ones nominated, do we think this is the best picture of the year? No. I am going with a pretty solid no around no. the table, right? No. And, and I have only seen like four of the nominees and the other three I saw were better than this. Like the I'm surprised it was nominated to be honest I'm not I'm not surprised nominated because again, neither am I in, in, uh, he tried Alfonso so Cuaron he did a lot it. in this did you, I mean, know, did you hear about yeah. Alfonso Cuaron <laughs> he did a bunch of stuff every on this frame movie. of that was this is prestige yeah right yeah. like this is an Oscar bait movie yeah. through and through and I, I don't always think there's anything wrong with that necessarily like I love Gladiator which is a pure bred Oscar bait movie from frame one mm-hmm. but like I, I think they can be they can be decent and sometimes they can be this um, I mean Lord of the Rings you know yeah. I still think Lord of the Rings was Oscar bait, but huh? I, I, uh, it was Oscar. It was 100% yeah. Oscar yeah. bait. The third one was. I don't think the first one necessarily was. They were all shot concurrently. That's true. Like, they're all... They did fine. reshoots in between each one of them. They could have added a little bit. It doesn't matter. I, the, the, the long and the short of it is, like, this is another one of those movies that is... It reminds me of The Artist, of a film that came out. Mm-hmm. And it's not just yep. because they're both black and white. Um, it, it's a oh, film they that, are both black and white. Never mind. That's it. Uh, <laughs> huzzah. We found it. <laughs> But it's a movie that it's come out and it's reminiscent of a different era and everyone right now can't stop jerking off to it. It's like, did you see it? It's so good. It's so important. It's so mm-hmm. meaningful. And I feel like after tomorrow, like this episode being after the hype, we could not be more after the hype. I'm pretty sure we could be talking about this movie on Monday and whether it won or lost, people have moved on. Yes. Right? Uh, Which is funny that you mentioned the artist because ironically enough, uh, there was a black and white um, Snow White adaptation in Spain, I think. Yeah infinitely better and did the same job that the artist tried to do and it's like i don't even think the artist was a, a bad film in fact i probably no. like it a lot more than i like this one but yeah. it was just another one of those like oh i get what you're doing here i've seen it once i can move on uh and, and this one like I, i've seen it once i i will never revisit the movie Ugh. no and even for the scenes that i liked and I, that's kind of where i want to move into uh past the 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 best picture so we we've really really taken shots at this thing across the board uh beyond just the the actors which we all agree are good what worked in the movie like was there anything that actually stood out to you as like quality i loved the running car gag 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and the spot that's, the car is a little too big oh for the God. spot they park it's in. It's so funny. And it, like, I find it endlessly relatable. My gr- my driveway is impossible to pull yes, out of. I, I hate it. I've been hit twice. It's awful. Like, it's. I broke your gate once. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's horror. It's like genuinely horrible. Um, and I just, I loved because there's sometimes when you're just having a bad day and then your driveway makes it worse and you're like, I'm trapped. <laughs> and I, I really yeah. love that. And I loved, like, I just loved when she, yeah, I loved the mom and her hatred for driving and just yeah. mm-hmm. like, that just made her circumstances even worse. Yeah. You know, it was just like this constant slap in the face. I really, really loved that. Her pulling between the two trucks. Was, oh, oh my that God. Was and, then, and then afterwards going to the, the pew, pew, market pew, or whatever. <laughs> Or the, going to the doctor's office, and they pull up to the, the parking spot, and the thing is just hanging off the side. Gosh. And she steps around. over around it. Yeah. And I was like, yes. I just I love the smile on her face after she basically crashes the, gar- the car into the garage as she's parking. And she just gets out like, I did a good job. <laughs> Parked. Yep. Uh, Graham, did you have a, a thing that really worked for you? Uh, Professor Zovac was pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. So, Portrayed by Latin lover. Yes, uh, Latin lover, indeed. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. I think his repetitious character was pretty awesome. How we yeah. saw him first on the television, and then yeah. as we were passing by that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, for me, the, the the thing that I'll work, that worked the best for me, and it wasn't a comedic moment at all, it, it's really, it's when they're doing the furniture shopping, and then the riots start. Oh, Because yes. the riots are, that that's all 100% factual. Like, that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a real mm-hmm. moment from mm-hmm. Mexican history. And it was a, a really weird way to experience that particular situation. And I mean weird in a good way. Because I, I always like the the idea of like, here's a huge tragedy. What's happening to the people on the ground? And it's something like, especially in major box offices and like big pictures, we lose sight of the little guy in these huge, like the Avengers are taking on the Chitauri and we'll see a person in a coffee shop going, oh no. And then that's the end of it. And this one, we, we get none of the major event. We see that it's happening. And then the only point of view we get is from one little offshoot of a guy who ticked somebody off and was running away to try to save his life and gets chased down and gunned down. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's v- vicious and it's hard to watch. And it was the, the only point in the movie where I was a hundred percent engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this yep. is horrifying. Cause like, what do you do? Like, the, like there's you so be many like grandma and step in. This it, yeah. You, and like, <laughs> and then just like the, the icing on the cake was that it was her, it was her baby daddy who was holding the gun on her. Cause you, you don't know who it is right away. You just have a gun enter the screen pointed at where you assume Cleo is mm-hmm. and as the camera turns you see who's holding the gun and it's like ah oh, fuck and it's like one of those moments where I, I lost myself in the movie and it's like if the whole movie had this level and I don't need it to be this level of intensity that's insane that'd be like gravity or something uh, <laughs> but no 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 no, no. Uh, but like I didn't need that level of intensity the whole way through I needed that level of storytelling because it's that that moment right there that goes, no, this is why when Alfonso Cuaron releases a movie and it's black and white, people go, it's going to be fucking genius because it's this guy and he can tell these stories. And I just wish the whole movie had that level of dedication. See, and I think that's, I think maybe that scene is why he made it, whether he realizes it or not. The whole like nostalgic kind of like, oh, just has a, have a fly in the wall thing. Like that's the scene that sells the movie for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was where I started watching this and paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it's what also primed me to be so raw for everything that happened after. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd even heard like a, a, not heard, I read a review of, a, I, I don't remember what, what 
where it came from, but it was somebody who basically said the first hour and a half of the movie kind of lulled me almost to sleep and then it punches you in the gut. And it's like, okay, I can kind of see what they're saying there, but like the, the gut punch that comes late in the movie, the scene that we're talking about, isn't enough for me to redeem the hour and a half of why is this shot like this? Like, I just want to know her story. That like, scene was so poorly done. Yeah. So it's just, mm-hmm. I loved that scene. And then the rest of the movie, I'm just kind of. Uh, yeah. Know, and it makes you wonder. It's like, if was that the Colonel that started this whole thing? You're like, oh man, I have this wonderful scene that I could write the rest of this movie around. I don't know. And then he just failed from the rest of that. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Shoot. Why was that man singing while the woods was burning? I have no fucking idea. He was idea. wearing kindling. <laughs> See, that's, that's exactly what I said when he walked out. I'm like, don't let that guy near the fire. He's going to go up so fast. And maybe it's my <laughs> a big fault. wooden mask. Like, I felt bad because I didn't understand his song, and it wasn't subtitled. Yep. And I was like, damn, like maybe I should get back on Duolingo, and maybe I'll appreciate this movie. But then I was like, no. No, He's not, not even it. a main character, and the fire looks like shit. So well, suck that, a dick. And that's yep. what's, what's, what's yep. funny is on Netflix we had the subtitles on. I, if I remember right, at the beginning it was like we're not going to subtitle everything. Yeah, it's like they subtitle, which we didn't talk about at all. But they didn't. They do. Uh, it's both Spanish and uh, was it Mexto? Is that the name of the other language? I believe. Um, yeah, Mixto is like the, Mixto. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they they subtitle it's like a Oaxacan dialect. Yeah. So they they subtitle one in regular subtitles, and then anything in Mixto is in brackets. And then anything other than that is not subtitled, which yeah. I think only really came into play with that guy's song. With that guy's song. And, and the German movie. Oh, and the German movie. Because yeah. all you really needed to get was the plane crash. Yeah. <laughs> Did you oh, get it was it? a Did crash. You get it? Oh, I see. Crash now it makes le- sense. Crash is more subtle than this movie. <laughs> oh. That's not true at all. Yeah. Like, come on, buddy. You couldn't keep a straight Arch. face on that. You couldn't keep a straight face on that. <laughs> Talk about bringing out the chode brush. <laughs> that was like the micropene brush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a micropene brush. Well, we're just a, we're know. straight up a Michael store in this here. Uh, I think that, that the addition of those characters, it's like it's almost like a weird Cohen esque feel that's like not like doesn't belong in this movie. Yeah. I think if yeah. you had taken a page out of the Cohen brothers book and and done the Oh Brother Where Art Thou sepia tone with color. Oh yeah. It would have been much Get better. That 70s like kind yeah. of like Basically, he should have red. hired a cinematographer. Hmm. Yep. Weird. I'm even okay with the director <laughs> editing his own movie. I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, because the Coen sure. brothers do that, and Coen it's great. Bro- yeah, yeah. Coen brothers do it. Uh, other people that I can't think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my other example off the top of my head was Kevin Smith, but that's not a good example. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst example. Sure. I mean, Lately, it's too. the worst example. Yes. Lately, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But back in the day. It's not. Yeah. yeah, sometimes yeah. it's okay. Um, and it's that to say, I mean, again, we've said like Steven Soderbergh and other people who have done it effectively and it's saying, and you know, we question this as, you know, fellow filmmakers of like, huh, man, I really wonder if I could ever do that. And I don't ever think that I could do all of the things and that's fine. And here, here's Shit, where I know I can't do any of the things. So I step the fuck out so, of the filmmaking. <laughs> but here, here's my, my counter to that of, can I do all these things? No. If I could, would I? No. no, 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 because I'm not that cocky, damn it. Like, yeah. it's just not and that's like... what filmmaking is all about is working with other people and coming yeah. in with other ideas and making the best decisions out of all of the decisions well, you, together. You find like in, in school or as you're kind of developing your voice, you fear that everyone will just come in and ruin your vision. 
But now these days, it's like, I want to see what everyone else brings to the mix. Let's make us a, <laughs> a, a, a hot dish of yeah. wonderful goodness of cinema. Yeah. You're from Minnesota? What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. It's called a casserole. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to say um, a salad, but I was like, no one eats that. No one eats hot dishes either. They're called casseroles. Yeah. That's why it's I like, like how to make the best decisions out of all of this. You're like, wait, what if we had someone dedicated to cinematography decisions yeah what if we had somebody dedicated to production design man that'd be incredible and what like we just talked about is production design was the production design was beautiful things and i kind of hope it wins i don't think it's going to but i kind of hope it wins there's a lot of good contenders this year for production design absolutely right this deserves to be among them yeah for sure and if this wins it earned it like yeah. absolutely sure uh but what we're just to not leave the auteur thing just for a second it, i just want to bring up there's uh when we were we all went to the same school i'm not sure if we we're all at the same screening uh we i went to the screening of perfume which was directed by tom tickfer who's mm-hmm. unfortunately not done a lot lately which it's too bad because i thought he was a really good director yeah um and at the time when we were in school uh columbia was really pushing everyone should be an auteur tours are great every oh, single yeah. person and it's like you're your own auteur fuck off columbia calm down we're at a whole school about collaborating why are you not encouraging yeah. that you that's fuckers? why i graduated early yeah <laughs> either way so when we were uh when he we watched the movie then he came out to give a little speech and the way that he described it was stuck with me forever. And if I ever get to be a successful director, I will credit this to him where he's like, so they asked me to talk about my auteurship. Uh, I'm not an auteur. I don't think anyone should be an auteur. I think that's a waste of time and you're not hiring people to do the jobs that they're meant to do. Mm. Auteurs waste time. Mm. And it's like, I love this guy. I, want, I love him too right yeah. now. Yeah. Just hearing that again. Yeah. Like, oh I think that's why I found such a home in animation yeah. because you literally cannot make an animated film, especially a CG animated film alone. Yeah. You My just, God. it's not possible. I mean, if you want to release it like in 80 years from now. But even then, like the tech help and the, the evolution yeah. of technology would prevent you from doing that. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's insane. You just can't. And it's, that's kind of why I love it because there is no figurehead unless you Mm -hmm. like and even the people that have tried to be figureheads have all kind of fallen by the wayside recently by katzenberg and lassiter (laughs) Um, and i think that's what makes it so special you know because you end up with something that collaboration is so important and i think this movie proves that he got so in his own way Mm -hmm. and what could have truly i think been a masterpiece like i don't i see the kernels that people are seeing but it's just so heavy-handed and He's yeah. He's the. What dad if somebody had been there shit. to say, "Let's do it this way instead"? Yeah, you're fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But still, an editor would have been so nice. Yeah, I mean, cinematographer would have been really nice. Yeah, yeah. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's pretty much everything I had to talk about today. So I think it's time to move into quotes. If you have one, I know this is not a very quotable movie. Um, <laughs> I've been looking forward to my quote, you guys. Yeah, go for it. Pew, 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 crash. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I know that. <laughs> that that works. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mine is the opening line of the movie, which is, you need a bath, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second. That, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I went for more of an honest one, uh, and mine was, uh, I don't remember exactly how she said it. Mine uh, was honest, damn it. I've been there. <laughs> I meant more, Hashtag of an, relatable. more of an emotional moment. Oh, uh, and oh. I went for the moment when she reveals that she never wanted the baby, and it was just, mm. I never wanted her to be born. Mm. And it was just like, 
when we were watching it, Chewie's like, why would she say that now? And it wasn't like a, a critique against the movie of like, why is this now? It was more of like trying to figure out like, why is this the moment? And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, she just almost killed herself to save kids that weren't hers. She knows she loves children and she didn't want hers. And that mm-hmm. is bothering her. Mm-hmm. And I think also she belongs in that family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like that, they need her. And that baby would have taken her yeah. from them. And it's like this really, really bitter but kind of sweet moment of I was never meant to have that baby because I didn't <laughs> want it. But I do want you. It's not that I'm incapable of love. I just didn't want to love her. And it's just like this. Because well, Pepe Ugh. remembers her from when he yeah. was an adult, and I—that's what, like, <laughs> that's what I really loved about this yeah. movie is there's that sense that she belongs with them. When Grandma started crying after she left, it was like this woman treated her like her own daughter. As yeah. much as she said, "I'm her employer," mm-hmm. she was heartbroken that she didn't know more about her. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's those <laughs> moments, and I'm like, when I when I hear people say this was a masterpiece, I'm like, I can see why you say that. I disagree with you, but I think that those things were there. They just they were shrouded in everything else that wasn't. Mm-hmm. They uh, were shrouded in the ego of Alfonso. Yeah, Alfonso Cuarón. <laughs> Uh, John, mine is kind of an interesting one. I, we we dogged on the scene a little bit too for its um, setup and construction, but the dining, the dinner table scene mm. at the restaurant, where she's just trying to make sense of, you know, like trying to explain to the kids what's going on and all that, and the kid is crying. And it's just that fly in the wall moment. As someone who has dealt with tragedy, that's how you kind of disassociate yourself, and that it, it, to an extent it is realistic, which is why I didn't want to relive some of these things. But you step back and you are wide shot, looking at yourself but you're not seeing yourself you're just yeah. not in the picture you're just absorbing the whole pain and mm. i thought that was a very powerful moment yeah it, it, it is at least kind of what it started to pull at me for like what how it started sure. to kind yeah. of twist mm-hmm. at my emotions especially being so beaten down and like r- r- raw from other moments it was just that was kind of for me it was a big big moment yeah that works uh, so the review system for today, and I, I brought it up uh, because I'm, I'm betting against this movie for some reason. I don't think it's going to win tomorrow. If it does, fine. Uh, and, and if it doesn't, fine. Uh, I'm not very into really anything nominated this year, which is whatever. You fine. always have to be. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Vice. I'm really rooting for it. It won't win. But... I, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, the only ones that I've it's... seen are Roma and Black Panther. I've Adam McKay else. is dope. Like, he's just... He's the guy to watch for I, me. I hear it's just very infuriating, but well-made. Oh, yeah. Watching it in yeah. a foreign country was the strangest experience of my life. <laughs> I literally just wanted to back out of the theater and be like, sorry. I'm Canadian. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm Canadian. <laughs> sorry. And then like, that's not a real accent. Uh, you American. Your husband's in an American flag shirt. I know. Of course. Ironically. <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, so the review system for today is movies that have <laughs> lost Best Picture. La La Land. It could have been good and it sucked. The camera moved in such a way that I felt distant from it. Mm. And it was a front runner for some inexplicable reason. That's what I had lined up. So I don't want to use the same one as yours. Uh, I'll think for a moment. Uh, You guys can go ahead. All right. Um, For me, I'm going to go Tree of Life. It's like it's pushing. It's kind of clumsily wielding its cinematography to try to evoke some emotional state i mean i I like the movie but in its pieces but just overall i was like okay you needed other people to help collaborate this yeah 
I had a visceral hatred for that movie. Same, same. <laughs> like, Never saw it. Wanted to throw it at a wall. I wanted to uh, walk out. I was so mad. I'm going to go with Boyhood, just because it was one of those art movies. Yeah. Wait, Boyhood was, didn't win? Mm-mm. Nope. Bird, oh. Birdman won that year. Oh, which, I would have picked Boyhood if I thought it didn't win. Which so versus Birdman, where it's like Birdman was very intentionally shot. And that worked for that movie. You're like, wow, that's incredible. Wow. It's very intentional. Lots of very specific decisions made. Cinematography, just shooting that whole movie. Whereas Boyhood, again, he ages in real time. Very specific decisions, which, again, honestly, I think Boyhood was better than this. Just because, okay, you had an idea. You stuck with it. You did it the best of your ability. And that was actually more effective than this of making a bunch of bad decisions and sticking with them and just making a bad and ruining a good story. All right. So I have mine. Uh, this one, it's all film nerds out there are going to get really mad at me. Yay. Really Uh-oh. fast. Uh, I'm going with citizen Kane. Um, and now the black and white citizen Kane is impeccable. That movie yeah. is so well shot. It's scary. Yeah. Um, so it's not about that, but it is a movie where everyone has told me this movie is the bee's knees. It is mm. the greatest film ever made. And when I finally mm-hmm. saw it, I went, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I ended. And I, I feel like that's kind of the same scale for me on Roma. If Roma's the best movie of today, and I thought it was kind of okay to slightly a little bit better than bad, but not much better than bad, uh, I think that scale would be the same for Citizen Kane is the greatest of all time. I thought it was good. So if you slide that back one section to Roma, then we're <laughs> kind of in the same scaling. Yeah. It makes sense to also me. Also heavy-handed symbolism. Yes, lots yes. of heavy-handed symbolism. But again... Done better in Citizen Kane. Oh runs yeah, long that and has boring parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it runs long and has boring parts too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, cockatoo dog shit. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it for today's episode. Uh, let's do a quick round of plugs. Graham, what do you have to plug? Uh, I'm I'm also on another podcast. What's it called? Uh, Venture Bros. If if you're familiar with it. Oh, okay. Is that the uh, one where the guy gives really great breakdowns of the episode? <laughs> one of them is extremely good. Yeah, and loves doing it. And uh, yeah, yeah, that guy's good. Sounds pretty much exactly like I do. Say the full name of the podcast. <laughs> Adventure Bros, Adventure Brothers podcast. Thank you. Uh, is the full name of, of the podcast. <laughs> it's also on this network. Yep. I plug your podcast better than you plug your This podcast. is the first time I've ever had any opportunity to plug it. <laughs> because usually I'm just on the podcast in which I would be plugging, which would be useless. You've so done that, it once before. <laughs> I did. That's <laughs> true. I, I would actually love it if, you, if your show, if your guys' show did that, though. Just sort of plug in your own show at the end of it. <laughs> Anything to plug? Yeah. Uh, Venture Bros? Venture Bros podcast? <laughs> If you want to listen to it, just rewind the current episode that you're listening to. (laughs) Just hit the rewind button. That's still a thing. I'll just have the boiler play it after the hype. On Mondays, we have Venture Bros Adventure Brothers podcast. On Tuesdays, Sam Wise, an advice podcast in which I, Sam, answer every question using Lord of the Rings and its extended editions. And on Thursdays, we have the OG, After the Hype. What, what? What, what? uh, Tune in. You've done that before. Yeah, that's much better than (laughs) both mine and yours. Uh, I will also say coming up uh, next week, we are doing another Best Picture contender. I don't think it won either, but we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then the week after Mm. that, we have Anna and the Apocalypse, which I'm so excited to see because I refuse to watch the trailer. I know nothing about it other than zombies and musicals. So I'm very excited to see that movie. Uh, And then coming up the week after that, we have my favorite movie from last year, 
uh, Your Name, and I'm so fucking excited. I'm excited to see that to one. To talk about Your Name. It is a beautiful, amazing movie that everybody should see. Uh, so I'm telling you now, so you have three weeks to watch it before we spoil everything, because uh, <laughs> it should not be spoiled for you. You should go in blind. So go see Your Name before we talk about it. Uh, don't go in blind because it's visually stunning. Yeah, that, that would be that'd be upsetting. Uh, it's a movie, meaning motion pictures. <laughs> pictures are very visual, so I'm sure it works as an audiobook, but yeah, probably the, not the, the, as the effectively. The podcast of your name is just not the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it won't work as well. So make sure you see the movie. Um, that's it for me, plug wise. John, do you have anything to plug? Nope. Uh, Demon Days is coming, but it's off in the distance still. And uh, cool. We'll say more when it when it gets here. Uh, same for a dog's podcast. Still being worked on, but since Emily is at work as often as she is right now, I think it's been put on the back burner for just a couple of weeks, and then we're going to get back to it. She has a whole calendar and everything lined up, so it will start coming pretty quick as soon as she's able to do it. Um, all exciting stuff. Uh, and other than that, uh, I will say this will oh, be Oh, little... don't forget to check out ATHpod.com for articles every Wednesday and Friday. We're working to expand that a little bit more in the future. And just because I kind of buried it in my other pitch, Samwise, on Tuesdays, please submit your questions. I need them. <laughs> I swear I can answer anything. I have not failed yet. She's Impre- not wrong. It's impressive. No. Yeah. I, I do a quick QC on all of them, and so far I've been impressed every week. Um, and then the other plug that I'll throw out there, just for the last time, if you haven't read it yet, Matt's Babylon 5 article, it's fucking incredible, and everyone should read it. Um, and that's everything. We've done all the housekeeping, so we can say bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Adios. Bye.